Well, good morning, church. It's great to be with you today. Hey, how many of you have ever watched on YouTube or maybe TV or maybe you've had your own children do this? You've watched them take their first steps. How many of you have done that? Just a couple of you, I'm surprised. Because when you turn it on YouTube, that's where I got to experience it. You watch the kid and he's standing there and he's gonna take his first steps, right? And so the parents are all watching and uh, family sometimes is around and they start to do this and then, they, and then they take that first step and then they wanna get the next leg up to where the other leg is and they do the baby wobble and then what happens? Boom, they fall. But who's right there? Somebody to rescue them, somebody to pick them up, somebody to encourage them, somebody to cheer them on, somebody who wants to say, it's okay, let's take our next step. Let's take the next step. Let's move forward. Let's walk ahead. And I love the fact that this is not a new theme for Paul. He actually talks about this often in Ephesians 4, 5, and 6, and he uses this word walk. If you haven't underlined it in your Bible, it's in Ephesians 4, 1. It says, walk in a manner worthy of the calling of which you've been called. In Ephesians 5, 1, it says that we should walk in love. In Ephesians 5, 7, and 8, walk as children of light. And today, we're gonna take a look at what it means to walk in wisdom. And so I'd like to invite you to stand to your feet and find Ephesians 5, verses 15 through 21. I'm gonna read the scriptures. I'd love for you to follow along as we read them today. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Let's pray. Dear Father in heaven, you are so good. It's good to be in your house. It's good to open your word. We worship you and we invite you right here and now to meet us in this passage so that we can see where we are at in our walk with you. Help us as we leave today to yield ourselves in a way that your spirit has free reign in our hearts. So use this passage, help it come to life Remove distractions from our culture. Remove distractions of what's on our mind right now. Help us to focus on this. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You can have a seat. Well, the big idea over this passage is that we would conduct ourselves according to the wisdom of God. Conducting ourselves according to the wisdom of God. First phrase there, act wisely and look at it, what it says. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but wise. The first challenge we have before us today is to act wisely, to act wisely. Uh, look carefully. 
In order to act wisely, we have to take some time and look carefully at what the Lord has for us on this day and this week and this quarter coming up. We have to be accurate, exact. We need to be examining. We need to be investigating. We need to have some care wrapped around the very next steps we're going to take. Remember that baby, and you know that's kind of like when we became Christians. People were around us and they cheered for us as we uh, submitted ourselves to Christ, as we surrendered and asked him to be the Lord of our life. And uh, then we stumbled and we fell and we got back up and people were there and helping us along in our walk with the Lord. And this is kind of in the nature of where we're at today. We are going to stumble and fall, but we need to act wisely and figure out how we can do this together in the days ahead so that we can reflect him greater, give him more glory, and be great ambassadors for the king. Why? Why should we pay careful attention? Why should we be so intentional? Because we're prone to wander. You and I are both prone to wander didn't take long in those God at Work videos to be able to see the wandering and then the returning. The wandering and then the returning. The distraction and then being brought back. Be careful. Respond accordingly to potential danger. Examine what's in front of you. We're told to act wisely. Maybe you find yourself here today and you're in a spot where you've been wandering. There's some street signs that came along in your life to helpfully see what was coming up in front of you, but you, you didn't respond wisely. And boy, when I see one of these street signs, um, when I see the street sign that has like a wandering curve to it, and I'm on my motorcycle, there's one thing that comes in my mind, but it might not be the wise thing right away. Here's another street sign that when Sherry and I were in Arizona and we were hiking, we saw this sign come up in front of us and it said, strenuous. And I'm like, well, how bad can it really be? <laughs> and then a couple friends of mine, we've gone skiing for a number of years and you approach one of these signs as you come down the hill and it tells you, there's black diamond, there's blue, and there's green. Make the choice of which way you want to get so that you can get to the bottom on your own versus having to be hauled off, right? Thinking these things through. If you came in here today and your tendency has been to wander or to be distracted or to be detoured, good news. You're around a lot of people that have done the very same thing and we're all trying to return to the Lord. I think that we are here today, and that's a divine appointment, that if you are wandering, it's time to return. Don't let that fall define you. Be the Christian who gets back up and moves forward in your walk. Don't let that moment define you. Let God do a work of healing. Let God do a work of help. And let the church do its work of doing it together. See, there's a war going on. We sense it, we feel it, we live it every day. Satan is alive. He's sneaky, he's creepy, he's devious, 
and he only wants to devour us. And this passage here states that so that we can be a people who are alert to what's coming our way. I love the fact that Paul lays that out for us so that we can act wisely when we see that sign in front of us. Here's what we should do. Here's where we should go. Here's who I need to come around me when I am facing some of these challenges. We have to determine in our heart to walk wisely. Act wisely in the situations that come our way. If you stumble and fall, get back up. But get some others around you so that you can do it together. I love the fact that you're all here today. If you're here today and you've been wandering, I just want to say, stop in your tracks, return to the Lord. And that person who's sitting next to you might be the one who can help you today, give you a verse of scripture, maybe pray with you at the end of service, maybe wrap their arm around you, and maybe call you during the week. Because if your tendency is to wander, let's stop in our tracks and let's move forward in a way that's gonna be pleasing to the Lord. Well, walk, look carefully how you walk, not as unwise. Why? Why should we not walk as unwise? It's pretty simple, because we're children of God. We're children of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone, and what has come? The new. We get to live in a new way, with a new purpose, a new goal, a new perspective. And we get to do all of it with the presence of the Lord. Do you know we have the presence of the Lord with us always? That's really good news. When we stumble, the presence of the Lord is with us, and we can get back up, and the presence of the Lord can help us move forward. So no matter where you're at today, the presence of the Lord is with you, and we have the challenge not to be unwise, but wise. What we say, where we go, what we do in painful circumstances and present circumstances when problems arise. The world's watching, right? You say you've got this new life. How is it that you're gonna respond when this painful situation or this circumstance comes your way? Here's what wisdom says. It has a megaphone and it says, when you're in a painful circumstance, search the scriptures. That's God's word for us that we might have the instructions, that we might have the guide to be able to navigate those difficult times, that strenuous path that's in front of us, that road that looks winding. I can't figure out where this is gonna end today. Search the word. God reveals himself in the word for us every day. Every moment we open it, he promises to meet us, he promises to guide us, he promises to guard us. We have that, and we get to experience that. Walk wisely. The world says this. They have their megaphone, too. The world says, do what's best for you. If you think that's truth, then it must be truth, because if that's in your thought process, then you should live that way. We live in a culture that's about me, and we live in a culture that's about pleasing Jesus and re remembering that we're ambassadors for him. 
And it's not about what we think or what we feel. It's about having the Lord have his way in our life. So when that painful circumstance comes, we get to see him alive and at work in the midst of the difficulty that comes our way. I had some difficulty come my way this week. Did you? How many of you had difficulty come your way this week? Good. That means you walked on the face of the earth. We probably have difficulty come our way every day. Satan wants to distract us. He wants to discourage us. He wants to get us down. And Jesus wants to direct us. He wants us to be determined. He wants us to be dedicated all on him. So how do we do that? How do we act wisely? How do we make all of this happen? In my week, I was super encouraged by a painful situation that came our way. I got to meet someone who was walking through a more painful situation and the Lord allowed us to spend some time together. Our air condition went out this week. On the day then it was 100 plus in the heat index. I'm like, oh, that's not too bad. We can sleep that one off. No. So we called the repairman, he comes out to the house and we're talking, he fixes the air conditioning and I'm like, great, this is good. I said, how are you? And he goes, well, um, as we're talking, we actually started talking about the Lord. He goes, would you pray for me? My dad has been in a coma. And the doctors say this, but what I believe, because I'm a son, what I believe because I'm a follower of Jesus, what I believe because I know what the Word says can happen, is not what the doctors are saying, and it might still come that way, but I have faith believing that God can heal my dad in even this really difficult situation. I love his faith. I love that he opened scripture. I love the fact that it was front and center that Jesus can do anything, and we prayed for his dad right there. Other painful situations came knocking on my door this week a marriage in crisis, an affair that's happened. People stumble and fall, but they don't need to be defined by their stumbling and falling. They need to be defined by how they return to Jesus, the King of Kings, who can help them and heal them and point them in a direction that can represent him in the days ahead. We don't have to be defeated. We can get up and walk wisely again. So I don't know what your painful situation was this week. Maybe you should write down that painful situation if it hasn't been resolved. Maybe you should anticipate some of the things that are coming this week and say, Lord, I want you to meet me in the midst of my walk because I want to represent you well. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but wise. We want to encourage you. That's why you should write it down. That's why you should talk to the person next to you today. That's why we are the church. We wanna come alongside just like in those steps, those first steps that the baby take and they fall. When you fall, you're not in a, you're not in a spirit of being condemned. You're in, a, you're in a place where we can help and encourage. You're in a place where we can come alongside and help you in this time of need so that you can walk in a way that pleases the Lord. But we have to act wisely. We have to act wisely. Why? We have to make the most use of our time. How many of you know the number of your days? Anybody know? No one does, right? No one knows the number of our days, 
but we get a chance to redeem the days that we have. We get to take advantage of the days that we have. We don't know how many we have, but we get to redeem them. And uh, we get to be good stewards of what the Lord has placed in, fun, in front of us so that we can spiritually advance his cause in our daily perspective. I often hear, I can't believe the summer's almost over. Where did this day go? Can you believe 2021 is, and, and we have that in our minds, but it's just a reminder of we need to make most use of the time that we have in front of us today, and then make most use of the time that we have in front of us this week. You know, the perspective on time is different for each of us in this room. I think about that parent with the child who took the first steps, their perspective on that child that day was, we have a lifetime together. The perspective changes when it's just weeks and moments before that child goes to college. Where did the time go? I remember when the little one just took their first steps. We have the blessing of redeeming the time, taking what we have in our time and bringing it to the Lord and saying, Lord, I wanna make the most use of my time. You know, if you're prone to wander, you're not gonna wander into maturity. It's gonna be intentional. The culture is gonna try to pull you back in you're gonna to have to choose to walk wisely. You're gonna to have to choose to be godly in your perspective. You're gonna to have to be deliberate with those who you hang around. You're gonna to have to be setting some things in front of you that are reminders of who God is and how important he is in your life and how you can depend upon him and how he is gonna help you through some of those road signs that come our way that say like, whoa, what are you gonna do with this situation? What are you gonna do with this painful circumstance? How are you gonna walk in this today? Let's represent Jesus. You know, I think about um, people who make investments every day, and I have a couple friends who work in the stock market. And you know, as you think about the stocks that come up uh, every day, I am not a stock market guy. I kind of get this little report on my 403B every once in a while that tells me if it's going good or bad. But I'm trusting that there's somebody who's taking a, a careful look, who's making the most use of his time with the monies that I've entrusted to him so that we can watch the market and he can make deliberate moves every day. If something is going wrong, that he'll pull something from here and move it over to here, that he will be wise, that he will act accordingly. Do you know God's entrusted you to steward your life well? To represent him in such a way that when you're walking through the day, you're making the most use of the time, and you're saying, this has come my way. I need to move this over here so that he can be glorified in the midst of the situation. When this happens here, that he can meet me where I'm at to represent him here in this way, that is acting wisely when we assess the situation and we make the moves. Sometimes analysts have to look at the market by the minute. Sometimes they have to look at it by the hour. Sometimes they have to look at it by the day. 
But for all of us, we have to be analyzing the day that we have, realizing that we get to be good stewards, investors of making the most of the time, because why? What's the next phrase say? Make the most use of your time because the days are evil. The days are evil. Making the most use of your time because the days are evil. You know, I am so thankful for so many who serve here at the church. It's, it's amazing to see what God is doing in and through all of us right here and now. When I think of the opportunity we have to serve each other and to serve others in times of need, I'm so thrilled that we have a Hope Center. Can I tell you, we see people, families come in, 81 families came in last week, and they came in for help but found hope in Jesus wherever they were at in their walk. Can I tell you that this week, as so many of you gave of yourself making the most use of your time that you took time to talk about Jesus and two people got saved this week. I can tell you that there's people in this room that have first come to Harvest because of the Hope Center, met some wonderful believers who just so happened to attend Harvest Bible Chapel, introduced them to Jesus they're in church, in a small group, in a community where they're feeling love and cared for, and now they understand what it is to make the most use of their time because the days are evil. They have been met right where they were at, and they were given hope in Jesus. Can I tell you that today, you should be praying for our students at Camp Harvest. There are so many leaders, there's 125 students, and there are leaders that have given of their time because they believe that they can make the most use of their time by investing into students to get a hold of their hearts. Lord, get a hold of their hearts. I want to make the most use of my time because the days are evil. The culture is fighting them and trying to crush them and trying to penetrate them. Our worldly culture is pervasive. I love the fact there are people that are investing into our students today that they might see Jesus, making the most use of the time because the days are evil. Do you know that over the course of this summer, there's well over 40 students that have given their lives to Christ. They didn't know who he was. It's like the previous chapter. They were in darkness, but now they're walking in the light. And now they're learning how to act more wisely as followers of Jesus. They're gonna stumble and fall, but now they're in a community where it's like, hey, let's help one another move forward. Let's make the most use of our time. Can I give you a little list for you to think about as you walk through this week? To think about how it is that we can make the most use of our time, that we will find ourselves in a place where the Lord can meet us? Here's a list, and you can write these things down or you can just take a quick glance at them. But here's the list. This week, in thinking, or this week, how will you find yourself reading the Bible? Will you find yourself in the Word daily, or will you find yourself in the Word periodically? That'll change your perspective. How much time will you call upon the Lord through a time of prayer? How much time will you spend worshiping the Lord privately, but also in church? How much time will you do life in community? 
Are you involved in a community group? Are you involved in a small group? Are you, in a, are you involved in community? We know what isolation can do to us. We experienced that all of last year. But how can you and I involve ourselves in Christian communities that wanna catapult us forward and not hold us back? Are you making disciples? Are you sharing your faith? Are you coming alongside people? These are just some of the basics that if we're struggling with some of these, Lord, help me to make the most use of my time this week. I want to advance these in my walk. I don't wanna be just how it was last week, but I want to move forward in all of these areas because when you advance in these, your perspective of acting wisely and thinking wisely is our second point. You will see the most of your day when you put these things in their proper perspective. So we have to act wisely, we have to think wisely. Verse 17 says, therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Because the days are evil, because the wicked one is around, you know it doesn't mean we have to be foolish. The Christian is able to be foolish. The Christian is able to become foolish, but we don't need to be foolish. There's danger in this present age, but we get to respond to it. It can be easy to be distracted, but Lord, help us to be determined and dedicated to the truth. Dr. V put it this way about the will of the Lord. The will of the Lord in context must be his revealed moral will now inscripturated in the Bible. The context for, therefore, don't be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is, that we would understand the will of the Lord and act upon it. You know, over the years, I guess I've read several books, and maybe you have too, on the will of the Lord. I've seen several articles. We've had different times in small group talking about the will of the Lord, and you know, I believe that uh, the sovereign will of the Lord will be accomplished. I believe that um, those who are chosen will become followers of Christ. I know Christ. I, Sherry knows Christ. We get to follow Christ together. We know him as our Savior. We've asked him to be the Lord of our life. And so the question is, how will I know the will of the Lord? There's so many passages in the Bible that talk about the will of the Lord. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, uh, the will of the Lord is to give thanks. The will of the Lord is to act in such a way to be sanctified and avoid spiritual immorality. 1 Peter 2.15 says, by doing the will of the Lord is doing good, you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Do you want to know what the will of the Lord is? Look at these two passages of Scripture. Romans 12, 2. We need to fill our minds with God's truth. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. By testing, you may discern what the will of God is, which is good and acceptable and perfect. Take a look at Colossians 3, verses 1 and 2. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things which are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above. That is part of being saturated and thinking wisely. 
we have to fill ourselves with scripture so that when the street signs are in front of us and we ask, Lord, how do I act? How do I think? We're all faced with daily decisions. I, I, this last year, these last couple of years, I've had some opportunity to spend some time with my nieces. And one of my nieces made a choice to go to a certain college because there was a certain amount of money given to her because of the grades that she had gotten in, in high school. And she picked a certain major because she felt like that was what the Lord was asking her to do. And she went down that path, but that first year of school wasn't what she thought it would be. And it had disappointments, and it had doubts, and she's like, I don't know if that's it. And the sensitivity directed her a different way. She went to a different school and took a different major, and she met her to-be husband, and they have plans to follow the Lord in a different way right now. I don't believe she was out of the will of the Lord in her first step, but she was sensitive to the Lord's leading in the midst of that first choice to see what it is that the Lord had for her. Another one of our nieces just finished college, and she had, she's making the choice. She just made the choice, but she was choosing to be a teacher, and she put her application into different places, and you know, you get responses back, and it came down to two schools. Does the Lord care which school? He just wants her to be in a right place with him, Jesus, and he directed that whole process, and so this school or this school, and then he made it very clear to her this is the school because they were the ones that made the offer. And, and she's so excited. The Lord must have opened these doors here. You know, those are, those are somewhat clear. And then there's sometimes when we're trying to do the right thing and the Lord shuts the door. How many of you have had that happen before? Well, I think of in Acts chapter 16, a couple missionaries go to sent out to a certain town to share the gospel at a certain time, and they were going to go, and the door closed. They were going to go to the next town, and the door closed. And then Paul had a dream. He had a vision. Maybe it's this place over here. And they went, and the Lord opened the door. Being sensitive to the Lord in his guidance that we might make the most of our days because they're evil. He wasn't trying to be foolish, but he was trying to do the will of the Lord. You see these juxtaposed positions? Foolishness, following the Lord, following the will of the Lord. We get the chance to do that. We get the chance to act wisely and think wisely and discern what it is that would be the best to represent Jesus. The third point is to yield wisely. This one gets a little, uh, little challenging for us to think about this topic, but I want us to hear um, some truths today. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. Remember those signs, remember the choices, remember some of the entrapments that might come our way when painful situations come, when circumstances that we don't know what to do, sometimes we can make the choice to not be spirit-filled, but we can make a choice to choose another substance. And uh, this, this verse is pointing to a very specific case of foolishness, which needs to be avoided. Paul's pointing to the sin of drunkenness. And this isn't saying that you can't have a drink, Unless you're underage, then you can't have a drink. That would be sin. 
But when you are drunk, you are incapable of wisdom. You are incapable of sound judgment. You are incapable of correct assessment. Your physical brain is dulled, and you're influenced, and you're affected. There are two ways to deal with the pressures of the day. Filling yourself with that, or filling yourself with the Spirit. Alcohol is a depressant that dulls our senses of reality. It makes you less aware of surroundings or circumstances that you're facing. It provides a false comfort. The contrast of alcohol is making you temporarily forget what the spirit of the living God wants to do inside of each of us. A short-term pleasure has become a cultural normative. It doesn't take long for us to look around and see that that is one of the first choices of escape. But I want to really challenge us to think about how we can experience God's provision for us. The battle is real. And we don't want to be distracted in any way because in distraction, we can be led to debauchery. It's the same uh, word that's used in Titus 1.6. Dr. V said the same word is used in Titus 1.6 where it also, as here, signifies every kind of riotous and grossly self-indulgent and wildly excessive living. This passage says, don't be drunk with wine. I'm challenging you to think about the drinking. The idea of being um, filled with debauchery is wastefulness, devoid of representing anything that's good. Listen, anything I believe that takes the rightful place of the Spirit having full reign and rule of your heart, that's a problem. So don't get drunk with wine. And that's not just wine. That's alcohol. That's whatever you can think about. And I think about even in our context today and the day that we live, there are some illegal substances. There are some legal substances that we could take advantage of to try to relieve pain, to relieve pressure, to relieve all of that. And I think that's so minimalistic in our thinking when we can call upon Jesus and his spirit can fill us. Don't be drunk with wine. The Bible says that we are to be self-controlled. Galatians chapter five. And you can't be self-controlled if you're drunk or if you're high. Listen, if you're struggling with problems and the pain is real and the panic is there and anxiety is high, Let's turn to Jesus. Jesus is the one who can meet us right where we're at and working through that. And let's don't escape our problems, but let's go to the one who can help us overcome our problems. I hope you hear my heart in all of this. This says do not be drunk. I'm just asking you to think about when problems and things come your way, how quickly do we as people go to the Spirit of God and ask him to work. Because that's the counter of this. Don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. I love 
that the Holy Spirit at the moment of salvation dwells inside of us. I love that the Holy Spirit says in Acts that he is all the power and he's in control and he cares for his children. I love the fact that the Spirit, he is someone who can guide us and he's someone who can guard us. He's someone who can protect us. The Holy Spirit dwells inside of us. And we take a look at this passage here. The language here is be filled with the Holy Spirit literally is the imagery of sailing. And if you can imagine the boat that's out in the water and it has its sail down, it's not gonna move. <clears throat> there's no momentum, there's no energy because the sail is down and the wind can't catch it. But being filled with the Spirit is humbling ourselves and saying, with these things, with these opportunities to do wrong, I want to do right. I want your Spirit to meet me right where I'm at. And I want the Spirit to fill me. It requires humility. It requires dependence. It requires a reliance on Him versus me trying to figure it myself. And when we do that, it's like the proverbial sail goes up and the Spirit, the wind, catches that sail and that's where our momentum comes from. That's where the movement comes from. That's where the power of the Spirit comes. And that's what I want for us as we move forward. That we would call upon the Spirit of the living God. That we would be a humble people who are willing to say, I need the filling of the Spirit. Yes, he came into my life at the moment of salvation, but in these daily situations and circumstances, Lord, I submit to you, and I'm asking you to fill the sail and take me to a place where I can watch you work, and I can watch you shine. I love the fact that we have these God at work stories because the reminders of I was but God and now we can make progress in our walk when we ask for the filling of the Holy Spirit. What person, John MacArthur says this, what a person is filled by is what a person is dominated by. So be filled with the Spirit means to be under his progressive control in your life. Well, that's the chance we have. That's the opportunity we have to call on the Spirit, to be alive and at work. The Spirit is the wind. He's always there. But if your sail is down today, open up that sail, ask for him to fill it, and watch him do an amazing work. Well, there's four things that we'll close with today that as we think about our walking with the Lord, as we think about uh, acting wisely, thinking wisely, as we uh, look at this last section here, um, there's four participles, four disciplines that should be a part of our life. Verse 19, addressing one another. I would say that's fellowship. Verse 19, psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, making melody with the Lord in your heart, that's worship. Giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that's gratitude. And submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ, that's submission. When I think about fellowship, addressing one another, 
It's implying the understanding that we know that isolation is not good. I'm glad you're here today. And I hope you will continue to engage in looking for ways to be involved in community so that you can see how we can act wisely and think wisely and yield wisely together. Let's not ever isolate ourselves from other followers of Jesus Christ. When we think about this worshiping together, I'm thrilled that we get to do that here, that we have a worship team that understands it's not just about words and songs and this way, but it's about yielding our hearts and submitting to him and adoring him and ascribing worth to him, that we can do that together as a church and we can do that in our homes. We can worship the Lord. And then you think about gratitude, giving thanks always for everything. That's a little bit of a challenge, but we get to do that because it's the will of the Lord that we would give thanks always for everything. Going to Jesus, giving him thanks in his name for what he's doing. This last word, submission, submitting to one another out of reverence in Christ. I'm so excited that next week, Pastor Jeff will be talking about how this submission plays itself out in relationships that we have whether it's husband and wife or work relationships, how we will get to see how submission works so that we're in alignment with Jesus Christ in the way that we live. Let me just pray for us. Lord, you are so good. I'm thankful that you put signs throughout the day for us so that we can grow in our walk, we can grow in our dependence. We invite you, Spirit, to fill our sails. We humbly come before you and ask for your power and your presence and your provision to be seen and known today. Father, we have cried out earlier that you are our way maker. You never give up on us. Lord, I'm thankful that we get to take some next steps, that our past steps don't define us when we've wandered, but we can return. And so Lord, help us as we write this next chapter to be reminded of who you are in your greatness and in your goodness, and that we could walk wisely. And it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.